Welcome to Viral Mindfulness, the podcast. It's 2022, and I'm wintering in Southern California. Soul sibling. Hi, it's me. I've missed you. It's 2022. I am totally fine. I'm okay. I am midwintering. I've, I have a pencil here in my hand, my left hand. Can you hear that on my desk? This is a black wing. Have you heard of the black wing pencils? Okay, just Google black wing pencils and then look up the black wing pencil website. I'm not kidding you. This is the coolest pencil. Now I have another pencil in my right hand and they're both white. One has a blue eraser, the other one has a white eraser. So you should check it out. Black wing, as in the color black and the wings on my back. So I wanted to tell you today about midwintering. I don't know when I'm going to touch spring. I will definitely let you know because I am preparing a concert and a recital. I have been practicing regularly. regularly. I've decided that I love the word button. I like to say button, my belly button. And the other one is extraordinary, extraordinary, extraordinary. So if you just say extraordinary, it's great. Oh my gosh, that's extraordinary. <laughs> extraordinary. I mean, it's such a great word. All right, midwintering. I came home from the holidays. Wait, is it already February 14th? Right, exactly. Let me just read to you how I feel. I was listening to a woman on a podcast and she said this, quote, I've had a rough few months. The baseline is grief. I'm not showing up the same way I normally do and I'm okay. That is, end quote, that is exactly how I feel. She also added, she's sober and in recovery has been for 30 years and she says that her sobriety and her recovery have created an emotion an emotional weight bearing structure her sobriety and recovery have established an emotional weight bearing structure through that process she's become anti-fragile her name is nadia boltz weber so good really resonates with me. I made a commitment coming into 2022 that I would not obsess about resolutions, that I would not choose a word, that I would not have goals. I'm pretty clear at this point in my life on my project list, on the things that I'm working on, the things that are of value to me. And so it's really a matter of just going through the list one by one and setting up all the pieces. Being away for the holidays, I ended up getting COVID for the first time. Uh, It was the Omicron variant, and I wasn't super sick at all. Lasted about six days. Coming home to Southern California in January, it became really clear that emotionally I'm in a space of winter and that the best thing I could do would be to winter. Now it's middle February and it's midwinter. 
I'm not really sure when I'm going to touch spring. It's not going to be related to the calendar. It's going to be me giving myself permission to take charge of, hmm, to surrender and to allow for this time of reset, rest, rejuvenation. The only thing I am doing with my project list is I'm really just looking at making some small changes to simplify Viral Mindfulness, Viral Mindfulness Academy, and to make sure that it really matches my values and where I really want to be for the next decade. And I so appreciate you being a part of this journey with me. And so I wanted to give to you today a couple of readings from this book about wintering. I wanted to just read a couple of the chapter uh, or read a couple of the passages that I marked and tell you about the book. And then second, I also wanted to tell you about uh, the big three and how that's really been helping me stay disciplined on the most important three things that I have identified outside of work and the, you know, and the chores. And then I will give you a sneak peek of what's coming next podcast. It's super cute. So the book I've been reading, I actually just finished it this week and it's called Wintering. I'm just pulling it up here on my app. It's called Wintering the Power of Rest and Retreat in Difficult Times by Catherine May. And there's a really great interview between Krista Tippett, the host of the podcast called On Being, and Catherine May. That's how I first learned about this in 2020. And so it's been on my list to read. It was a perfect decision to use this as sort of a field guide for myself. And so looking at some of the highlights to tell you, uh, for example, from the book, it is all very well to survive the abundant months of the spring and summer, but in winter, we witness the full glory of nature's flourishing in lean times. And so I realize that I'm in a lean time right now. And in that leanness, I'm leaning into a simple rhythm And I've identified this big three. Uh, I realized that I was not going to get away with pushing myself or coercing myself or encouraging uh, myself to do the things, to podcast, to set up the concert and to sell tickets for the recital and to, um, you know, start marketing the six week group coaching class that I want to teach. Instead, I needed to surrender to this emotional winter. And so the big three became the three things that I need to do. The three things that I must do outside of work and chores and sleep. And number one is meditation. Connecting with my inner being, surrendering and dropping into stillness and quiet and silence. And of course, when I go into listening and observing, it's not quiet. I'm often observing the waves of the mind, just for those of you who are curious. It's for me practice and discipline to connect with the breath, my body, my heart, and to drop down from the mind and use concentration as a means to become 
less attached to my mind and more in real time practicing meditation. The second item is movement. So these are my breadcrumbs from my midwintering to you. Perhaps you identify the three, your big three, those, those activities or practices that are non-negotiable and that matter most to your well-being. So movement, um, yoga, I needed to get back into regular yoga. I haven't been in the studio. I've been doing online Zoom yoga still and running cardio on the trail. I've been really wanting to get back to the gym and doing some muscles, some um, weight training again. Haven't made it there yet. It's okay. And the third, the, the three of my big three is music, sitting at the piano. And I must tell you, these three have been such a godsend, a goddess send into my life. And maybe that'll work for you. Let me read you a couple more passages from the midwintering book. I had no idea how much quiet pleasures had retreated from my life while I was rushing around. And now in winter, I'm inviting them back in still rhythmic work with the hands, the kind of light concentration that allows you to dream and the sense of kindness done in the process. All right. In winter, you are never more than a few steps from the darkness. That's what you learn in winter. There is a past, present, and a future. There is a time after the aftermath. She says, I love the revolutions that winter brings. But winter is a time when death comes closest, when the cold feels as though it might yet snatch us away. Despite our modern comforts, we still perceive the presence of those we've lost in the silence of those long evenings and in the depths of darkness that they bring. This is the season of ghosts. Their pale forms are invisible in bright sunlight. Winter makes them clear again. Transformation is the business of winter. Winter is asking me to be more careful with my energies and to rest a while until spring. That one's really good. That really is part of the reason why I picked my big three to be very much rooted in sitting at the piano and getting some exercise and sitting in meditation. Here is another truth about wintering. You'll find wisdom in your winter, and once it's over, it's your responsibility to pass it on. And in return, it's our responsibility to listen to those who have wintered before us. It's an exchange of gifts in which nobody loses out. This may involve the breaking of a lifelong habit one passed down carefully through generations, 
that of looking at other people's misfortunes and feeling certain that they brought them upon themselves in a way that you never would. This isn't just an unkind attitude. It does us harm because it keeps us from learning that disasters do indeed happen and how we can adapt when they do. It stops us from reaching out to those who are suffering. And when our own disaster comes, it forces us into a humiliated retreat as we try to hunt down mistakes that we never made in the first place or wrong-headed attitudes that we never held. Either that or we become certain that there must be someone out there we can blame. Watching winter and really listening to its messages, we learn that effect is often disproportionate to cause, that tiny mistakes can lead to huge disasters, that life is often bloody unfair, but it carries on happening with or without consent. It's such a beautiful book. So I will stop there and I wanted to tell you one last item. There was a particular rough week where my fridge broke down, my freezer, we were having the power fixed while they were updating the grid. And for whatever reason, the six to eight hours turned into like two and a half days for me and my unit. It was crazy. Then my car broke down twice, two days in a row. I had to get it towed. So by that weekend, I was just WTF'd. I just had lost everything it felt like, and I was okay. And I'm like, I'm wintering. I can do this. I've got a bike. I'll figure it out. And I was borrowing my sister's car on that Sunday of the weekend, and my phone connected with her Apple Play, and suddenly the track that was dealt to me randomly or serendipitously was my spiritual teacher, Adi Ashanti. And it was actually the introduction of the 2019 spiritual online retreat that I did with him. I did spiritual retreat with him in 2018, 2019, 2020, skipped 2021 because Adi Ashanti went on to sabbatical and hasn't been teaching since then. And it's 2022. And so here I am in the middle of my stripped down, everything's broken. And I'm like, what the fuck? What is going on? What's going on in the world? It's the great awkward. We're supposed to be doing what? What is happening? And in comes Adi Ashanti, just intercepting my Sunday. I was in a peaceful, open state. And here he is talking about why we're doing spiritual retreat, uh, an at-home retreat. And I, I was like, what the hell? This is the answer. February, the whole month of February, I will be doing an at-home spiritual retreat. And what that basically means is just spirituality is the number one priority. So what I've already shared about wintering, yes, that's still happening. The big three, they're still happening. But the priority is that this month, I am touching the tree, the root of my being and spirit, the spiritual life, the spiritual pulse, the ground of my being. 
it's been wonderful. It's been difficult. It's been revealing. It's been emotional. And I'll just tell you that this morning was a really great morning with the sunrise and exercise, an early morning run at the wetlands. And I've decided to add John O'Donohue to my audio listenings for the rest of the month of February. Poet and philosopher, I spent a couple years listening to these audio tracks, mm, 60 plus hours, and his, his accent is gorgeous. And he said this morning, uh, I took these notes that we're very obsessed in the modern world with spiritual programs. And he says, well, if there is a spiritual journey, it's really about a quarter of an inch long. The spiritual journey is really just about coming into rhythm with your deeper nature and presence. You don't have to go way outside of yourself, he says, to come into real conversation with your soul and with the depth of the spiritual world. So I hope you're well. I will be in touch as soon as I can and know that next time the podcast comes to your earbuds that I'll be talking about the lullaby that I took to Harvey Rose in the fall and I sing it to her for several weeks and then when I returned for my holiday New Year's trip she started singing it back to me which just absolutely blew my mind because I my intention was to take the lullaby to her and to, to teach her the power of holding a song. Oh, so I can't wait to share that whole audio recording with you next time here on the podcast. So here's a sneak peek of what's coming your way. Be well, so sibling. I'll see you next time. Hold, dream, maker, you heart. Breaker, wherever you're going, I'm going your way. That's it. Join me next time and hear the full audio recordings of Harvey Rose and I singing Rain River. Also, you can head over to viralmindfulness.com forward slash free. If you'd like to get instant access to my guided meditation starter kit, it's a great place to walk the trails of mindfulness through meditation practice together. I'll be your guide. You can think of it as our digital campsite. And the playlist is a perfect uh, option or resource for beginners, and it's relevant to practitioners who have been practicing who are willing to begin again with a fresh perspective from me. And you'll get instant access to a bunch of guided meditations. For example, a 10-minute track called Feeling Into Relaxation, a 10-minute track sitting next to Onion Creek and just listening to the creek, a 14-minute meditation, the Mindfulness of Breath and Body Meditation, Sitting with Difficult Emotions, 18 minutes, I Am Loving Awareness, inspired by Ram Das, 11-minute meditation, Ground of Being, inspired by Adi Ashanti, 12-minute meditation. And there's several, about six five-minute meditations, all the sound of different creeks and streams that I audio recorded. 
You can get instant access, my gift to you. I'd love to inspire you to make it happen. Go grab that offer, viralmindfulness.com forward slash free.